Hello, content world. I am back with a brand new episode of the Thought Leaders Podcast with Mr. Terry Edelman, the founder of Menfluential Media. You might not have heard that name before, but I can tell you, you definitely know their work. Terry and Menfluential Media manage the top men's lifestyle YouTube channels out there, including Alpha M. They wrote the book on men's lifestyle, fashion, and how-to channels on YouTube. And today, we are getting a look at how it all happened. Terry and I have a great conversation about how he went from the old school of old school industries, the automotive industry, to managing the leading men's lifestyle channels on YouTube right now. We talk about that amazing synergy between channel and brands who sponsor them and what makes his roster of talent over at Menfluential Media just so damn good. So enjoy the episode. This is the Thought Leaders Podcast. Hello, everyone. We have uh, Mr. Terry Edelman uh, on the show today. I'm very excited about this. Um, so right as we begin, Terry, can you please give us a quick bio of who you are and why we're talking about it? <laughs> why are you talking to me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, let's start with the bio, who you are, where'd you grow up, all the fun basics. Sure. So our audience Absolutely. can get that sense. Uh, Absolutely. It's going to come into play here um, and how everything started. So um, currently, I'm the managing partner, um, founder of Menfluential Media. Um, we're an influencer marketing agency. Um, but I'll take you back to kind of where everything started. So most of my experience, almost 19 years, was in the automotive industry. Um, I started out as a salesman out of college uh, back um, now, I'm going back to 98, I think 1998. Uh, I'm 44 years old. So um, went back there, started selling Toyotas very quickly, um, just from previous experience and family that had all been in sales and owned businesses. Um, I rose to the top in sales uh, quickly after um, I spent about two years selling Toyotas. I went directly into uh, management. Um, at the age of 23, um, I thought I hated it, uh, and <laughs> I grew to love it, and I grew to understand uh, the responsibilities of being a manager and managing people, and understanding that you know you're going to work with your A players, and you're going to work with people that need a lot more attention, and some of them maybe aren't right for the job. And so I had a lot of uh, I grew up very quickly um, regarding that management. Really took me to another level. What I realized along the way, uh, as I moved from dealership to dealership, um, I loved the challenge of taking on a dealership that was struggling. Um, my priority as a sales manager or being in the business, knowing what I knew that took me to the top of sales was that customer relationships um, were the most important thing. Um, you could know everything you needed to know about a product and you could know everything you needed to know about a sales process. but Relationships are everything. Trust is everything. And it's not always easy to build it. And so I knew as a manager, I needed to hire sales consultants that, um, that I believed really, truly cared about the customers. And um, one thing led to another. Um, we trained, obviously, then on product, sales process, etc. I grew a lot of dealerships within a few years to number one. Uh, my biggest accomplishment, most likely, I think, was 
Um, one of the dealerships I worked for after about three years, we were number one in the country for certified pre-owned and number one in the state for uh, new sales. So I, um, I enjoyed what I did. I did not like the retail space. The hours okay. confined me to, you know, a day of nine to five or a nine to nine. I worked incredibly hard and efficiently and um, it, it just wasn't always for me. It was always a bittersweet experience. Then fast forwarding, um, I did some sales training and consulting where I traveled the country. It was great for six months. Um, <laughs> I did that for about two years. And uh, so I'm really fast forwarding here. Um, but with all of my experience in sales, um, one thing that I actually just skipped over was along the way, as I started to take on bigger management roles at the dealerships, um, I was able to work my way into handling all of the marketing efforts. And so um, I surrounded myself by really good people. I always had kind of an open door policy uh, where I would want to hear about new ideas. And um, one thing led to another where I kind of got ahead of the game a little bit in the digital world, um, where I started to understand what it meant to be online, to um, to be there when someone searched out. So this is all leading into where we're at right now. This is awesome. Uh, this is back. This is back now. I'm going back to the mid middle 2000s so 2003, four, five, six, and okay. um, the you know and beyond that. So um, I've always had the experience with sales. Always had the experience with management. Um, I've had many many years. Um, I would say at this point you know, 15 years of experience in marketing, uh, where I've been on the other side, I've been on both sides now at this point, I've been on the brand side, taking the risk, um, where I would try new things, figure out what worked, ride the wave as long as you could. Um, and then what happened was, um, I just got tired of the travel for consulting and training all along the while. Now this kind of takes you back now, even further back than my experience is my best friend, one of my best friends growing up is Aaron Marino. You may know him as Alpha M on YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. He just hit 6 million subscribers. He's the That's number right. one. Congratulations, by the way. What's that? Congratulations on that. That's, that's amazing. I saw his post it, uh, it's amazing. last week. He, he's an amazing talent. And um, so kind of bringing him into the mix uh, without trying to be much of a name dropper, which I'm not, is that along the while Aaron and I have been best friends for at this point about 31 years. And, um, what happened was we would talk every month. Um, we, we actually became closer friends after high school, um, and through college. And what happened was I knew what was going on in his world when he started YouTube, when he started selling and making bracelets, uh, when he was trying to create content, I knew what was going on even before that. Um, he owned some gyms. He owned a nutrition store. Um, Aaron was always an entrepreneur. And uh, same thing with me. I, I, again, I was confined to the retail establishment. I always wanted to go out on my own and do my own thing and run my own business, especially with the skills that I learned in the automotive industry. And so um, fast forwarding to uh, about five years ago now, almost, um, we get together once, twice a year. Uh, we happen to get together. He lives down in... Georgia. I'm in Pennsylvania. He has family in Jersey. So we met at his aunt's house in New Jersey by the beach. And it was one morning we're out to breakfast and he says, so 
you know, what do you plan on doing, you know, this summer? He knew that I just wanted, I stopped what I was doing. Um, and so I explained to him. What year know, is this around? This is 2015. Okay. So this is 2015. Um, I think it was, it was sometime in June or maybe even the beginning of July. So almost about five years ago now. Um, and he said, so what do you have in mind? What are you, what are you planning on doing? And I told him, I said, I'm, you know, I've worked my butt off for about 19 years, uh, taking maybe a week or two off a year. I think I'm going to take the summer off. And he says to me, dude, you can't sit still for two minutes. <laughs> How are you taking the summer off? And I said, good point. Good point. And um, uh, Aaron has never been one to really delegate work. He was one of those guys that after some experiences he's had in his career, he wanted to really do everything. Um, and I can understand that. I was similar in a way. I learned to delegate over my years of management. Um, so I understood where he was coming from. And, but I also understood that uh, he was getting reached out to by more and more brands and agencies looking to sponsor content. At the time, he had about 500,000 subscribers, which, which is pretty good. Pretty Very good, good, right? Yeah. Anybody would be happy to have that right now. That's um, true. <laughs> you know? And um, he, he's always had a good charisma about him. And um, he knew or brands knew that he would be good for their product to integrate or to represent it, showcase it, and that his audience was what they were looking for. They were looking to get in front of men, ages 18 to 44, roughly. And so I knew what he was dealing with. Although he is a salesman on camera and he's got great charisma, he's not one to want to start long conversations via email or phone, but that's always been what I've done. So I'm okay with that, right? And, um, Basically, he said to me, I'll tell you what. Now, there's a little bit of a backstory here where my brother, uh, who lives in California, kind of was in Aaron's ear about, hey, if you ever thought about someone selling sponsorships or handling relationships or communication, you should talk to my brother. And, um, and Brian's a great salesman himself, and we'll get there soon. Um, but Aaron says to me, listen, why don't you kind of take the summer off? Help me manage these, you know, contacts and these communications with these brands and agencies, see what you think, see if you like it. And, you know, I'll give you enough to pay the bills. You know, it wasn't really about money. I had done okay, done actually pretty well throughout the years. And um, so one thing led to another. And uh, at that point in my life, um, I knew that if something was working, it was working. And if it wasn't, it wasn't. I, I was smart enough. I had had an experience already with, with, with my career in the automotive industry. It was two weeks. I mean, within two weeks, I knew Wow. here I am, I am diving in to things that he wasn't able to convert into sponsorships. And I was able to get him more sponsorships in terms of quantity and also revenue uh, than he's ever seen. And immediately was obviously very excited. Uh, he could see a future there. And then about a couple of weeks after that, so this all was happening quickly. A couple of weeks later, Antonio Centeno, uh, you might know him from Real Men, Real Style. He's got a pretty big YouTube channel. He's got a great blog, uh, realmenrealstyle.com. And so Antonio and Aaron have been friends for quite a while. Before that, Antonio reached out to me uh, after reaching out to Aaron, um, reached out to me and said, you know, 
I'm in the same situation as Aaron. We've tried working with agencies before and they would get us one sponsorship a year. And so what can we do? Would you be interested? And I said, of course. All the while, even before Antonio, I'm thinking, here I am talking to, and you you know this too, talking to brands, talking to agencies, and it takes up a lot of your time. It can take, you know, you can have in a hundred emails on, on a chain and an hour or two hours worth of phone calls very easily. And I'm thinking, being in sales, in the automotive industry, where if a three series BMW doesn't work for you, maybe a five or a seven or an X5, right? So there's options. I thought, where are my options of talent? And I said uh, to Aaron and to Antonio, I said, look, I think we need to make this into something bigger. Aaron and I had a great conversation about starting an agency, doing what others were not doing for influencers, mm -hmm. not going too big, curating, sticking with the men's side of things. And so Aaron and I literally men in one phone call, uh, he said, well, what do you want to call it? And I said, well, you know, you guys are men, you're influencing other men. So you're influential. And he says, men fluential. And I said, I'm getting the chills right now. <laughs> that's an amazing story. I said, that's the name, you know, that's the name. Um, so, you know, what happened was, and, and that's kind of how, so that's a little bit of my backstory leading up to men fluential. Uh, I'll leave it to you. If you have any questions on that, um, I can take you forward, but um, yeah, well, first of all, before we get into exactly what Menfluential is and how, by the way, preview a lot of, if you're a guy out there, you have to thank this man, Terry, for dressing you and literally influencing the way you dress, the way you look. And I think that a lot of people have no idea how, just how much power you guys have and how much great stuff you're doing out there for your average 18 to 40 year old man. So first of all, awesome job on that. Thank you. Um, that, that's, a, that's a, that's a big burden. You just put it right. on. Well, it's, it's, it's definitely true. I mean, the, the amount of content that you guys are putting out and the amount of content that you guys yeah. inspired um, is just, it, it's really mind blowing and it's amazing. Um, so it has a lot to do with it. Timing what'd you say? Timing has a lot yeah. to do with it. And I feel very fortunate. I mean, we, We've cornered the men's market quite a bit, which is great. Yeah. I mean, I, besides timing, but it, exactly. I know that men are more, you know, kind of around the time you guys start, maybe a little before uh, the mid to late 2010s, uh, you know, men are getting more into the style and fashion. You see more brands popping up, but you guys are, I think, are definitely pushing that. And maybe even that's kind of the reason why some of these brands are popping up is because they see, oh, wow, men are looking for a stylish pair of jeans or are looking for yeah. an awesome watch. Uh, why don't we cater to that crowd? Um, but before we, again, go into the influential uh, and exactly what it is, I think, though, that there is a really, really cool story here. How you went from one of the most, I would say, old school classic jobs. Oh, my God. Car salesman, right? You know, you yes. were a big time car salesman. But in the end of the day, I mean... That that is the definition of old school, and now you are top the of the list of people not to trust. <laughs> and yeah. you are well, I could I could vouch for Terry. You're definitely a very trustworthy individual. But you went from car salesman to the managing and founding the leading uh, men's influencer YouTube uh, agency out there. I mean, do you ever think about that? 
I'm feeling it right now. You just like <laughs> literally put it right on my chest. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's the power of the internet. It's the power of YouTube. But I mean, in a million I years, did you, um, did you think I, that I, was going to happen? I appreciate it. But let me just tell you, uh, this is part of the reason I was very different in the car business is um, I don't take anything for granted. Um, I'm, I'm, I feel emotional right now. I don't take anything for granted. And um, I give credit where credit's due. And the credit that's due, um, sure, I work my butt off. Um, the people that work with me work their butts off. Um, and that includes the influencers that we work with. They are amazing. Um, they work incredibly hard. Uh, they, they really do understand the objectives. At the end of the day, we can get into all of that as well. Um, you know, and it's, you know, being able to work with, I'm, I'm very fortunate, of course, because, you know, one of my best friends growing up is one of our top influencers. And, um, you know, um, he's growing uh, in so many different ways. Um, but I also give credit to the brands. Um, and we can dive into some of that information as well. But, you know, I think that it's a combination of things as to why we got to where we are. Um, it's the inner makings. It's, you know, the wizard behind the curtain kind of thing. It's the hard work, but it's also the fact that, you know, not only are the influencers creating great content that's relevant, that people want to watch, that men want to watch more and more now than ever about mm -hmm. improving their fashion style, fitness, health, grooming, you know, uh, uh, um, just, the ability to become better at all of that, um, increase their, they, their men are really looking to improve themselves, not only personally in that perspective, but professionally, because when you look better, you feel better, you come across better. You're, you're learning a lot of things on these channels, a lot of things with these, with the content and the brands are helping to make this happen. And the brands that we work with, I'm friends with most of them. Uh, I, I call them friends and uh, and I care a lot about them. And so the thing about it is with the brands that we work with um, that not only are they sponsoring content, they're investing their own money in great websites, in other types of advertising, other mediums, um, whether it's all the way to television and radio, but podcasts, other YouTube channels. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, investing in Google AdWords and banner ad, uh, sponsoring blogs and uh, pre-roll and things like that. So what happens is it creates this amazing snowball effect, like this amazing storm of great stuff, which is that when these influencers are putting out content and these brands are doing a lot of advertising and marketing, it's keeping everything very relevant. And within that YouTube algorithm and within the algorithms of Google, it allows for these brands to shine through these influencers we work with, but it also allows for the influencers to shine as well. It's, it's, an, it's an amazing combination. It's amazing synergy um, that occurs that creates this, um, this successful world for both sides. So I'm right in the middle of it and I love yeah, it. Yeah. That's I love awesome. It every day, man. Yeah. That, that's, that's just so cool to hear that you can see that influencer and brand are both helping each other grow, which is awesome. But, but uh, now that we're talking about the influencers, let's just dive right in. Um, okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, can you just give us an overview of what Menfluential is today? Sure. Um, I'll start off and tell you what it was in my mind. Um, and very quickly transition. So not, so, you know, 
Um, as I told you already, I started helping Aaron very quickly, helping Antonio. And then um, it was September of 2015 that we officially launched Influential, uh, the website, etc. And at that point, I brought on, uh, with the help of Antonio and Aaron, um, some of the other uh, influential guys in the network. We built the list from Aaron and Antonio then to another eight um, influencers. So I had 10 influencers in the men's space that I was, um, in effect, representing. And that's what I thought. Menfluential, we represent the top men's lifestyle influencers. Um, so if you're a brand and you're looking to get in front of that demographic of guys that are interested in fashion and style, fitness, health and grooming, we're the place to come. What happened, though, very quickly, and I'm glad that it did. So this is just me now working around the clock, um, working mm -hmm. with people all over the world. So, you know, I'm on the eastern time zone. So I'm working with California. That's three hours behind. I'm working with Australia. That's 15, 16 hours ahead of me. Right. Hong Kong, right? 12 hours ahead. So I had to be flexible because I was looking for every potential opportunity. I'm working through the weekends. I'm working, you know, it could be Sunday at midnight, my time. Um, and so what happened was I realized very quickly, and I'm very optimistic. If you can't tell, I mean, this is five years in, I love what I do, but, um, you know, being optimistic, right. Uh, you know, if, if even, you know, and I bring up baseball, you know, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're a baseball fan, um, and you're optimistic, a guy with a 300 batting average, 350, you know, it, I mean, that's 30%, 35% of the time that they're, you know, hitting the ball. And they're one of the best ball. players in the game. And they're the best players in the game. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, you know, out of 10, you know, brands that reach out that I work with, if we can get three or four to come back, I think we're doing a good job. I wanted to set some, some goals. And <laughs> it was two or three that weren't coming back because they were wow. changing direction or what have you. And I say two or three weren't coming back, but it was probably even less than that when you really look at the size and what was going on. So very quickly, I realized not only were they maybe working with Aaron and then they wanted to work with Aaron again and work with Antonio and then work with other guys. I realized very quickly that for me to grow this business, I can't do this on my own. I don't have enough hours in the day bandwidth. I don't have enough ability to grow it. So fast forwarding to that December, I reached out to my brother who's in California he was in the automotive industry also. Okay. Uh, I see a running theme uh, with your family. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was following in my footsteps a little bit. He's a smart okay. guy. He's a good salesman. Great with relationships. But he didn't have the, the experience uh, with the marketing side of things that I did. Um, knowing that, though, I knew relationships, like I told you already, is you know my number one priority. And so I said, Brian, you know, you know how things are going. Um, I, I can't grow this. I need to hire somebody. He flew in uh, to Philadelphia. I live outside of Philadelphia. He flew into Philadelphia, worked with me at, at my house for two weeks. <clears throat> and it took him a few months to kind of get a grip on everything. The relationship side of things, the emails, the communication, that he had that all down pat. But understanding how marketing works and, 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 and influencer marketing took him a little while. And I would say that, you know, fast forwarding now to that June of 2016, we were we were moving along really nicely. Uh, Brian had landed a really nice account um, that yielded some pretty big brand names, um, some multi-billion-dollar businesses, and so um, you know things were great. And that being said, now he's really busy. 
So both of us are really busy. Um, we hired another person along the way. I have somebody that helps out with books, of course, accounting, but we're a pretty small group here at this point right now, uh, moving along, you know, um, it, it's just really my brother and I and Tom in New York um, really handling partnerships. I think I just jumped ahead, though, of, of some of what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I do that. Uh, yeah, so you, so what I would love to know um, is so you start out with this roster of 10 guys, right? Menfluential media. You, again, as you said, um, and um, it's definitely true, you guys are, you are representing the leaders in the men's lifestyle, fat, fashion, fitness um, game on YouTube. So you guys have an incredible success rate. Um, and this is not just me and you talking. I mean, you can go onto any one of your channels and you'll see brand after brand after brand coming back and coming back. Um, and obviously that is leading to a lot of your success. What is it about your guys that you think connect so well with their audience? Because we see on in different verticals, for example, if you look at family YouTube channels um, and all the mm -hmm. vlogs, complete opposite of you guys. You see every brand under the sun there, never more than once. And obviously I'm generalizing, but for the most part, it's a lot of non-return, a lot of turnover, tons of turnover. Yeah, because of the exact opposite. I mean, you're, you're a dream for anyone, uh, pretty much any brand. So what is it about that that you guys think you're doing so well? It's a fantastic question. Uh, now I understand why I have a podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a Thank great you. question because it, it helps to give me some guidance. Um, it's a great question because there's not really a simple answer, um, and I think the answer is probably different for a lot of people. I think the reason we are able to see brands back, I think first is that the brands are seeing some sort of success, right, from when they work with the guys. I mean, you know, you know, I, I contribute or attribute a lot of our success to relationships, um, and I think that helps a lot. Uh, even mm -hmm. when something isn't maybe in the mind of the brand successful per se, I think that, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of variables really when it comes to what is success, right? What is success? If you're a brand that nobody has ever heard about ever, and Aaron puts out a video and let's just say it gets a couple hundred thousand views, right? And let's say a few hundred thousand potentially interested people, guys, mostly yeah. see your brand and they, and they like it. That's brand awareness right there. So what's the value that you can put on that alone? Forget sales, conversions, traffic, everything else. Right? So yeah. taking it a step further is when the brand who nobody knows about, I'm not talking about Nike or, you know, BMW, right? I'm talking about brands that, are small or no one knows about all of a sudden seeing hundreds or thousands of people immediately coming to their website and instant conversions in the sales revenue and nobody knew about you yesterday or an hour ago. That to me, I, I, uh, you can't see, I kind of have goosebumps again because <laughs> this is what's amazing to me is I've handled marketing before from the side of the brand. Um, and you know, when I was in the automotive industry and that to me is kind of a miracle a little bit. I mean, you know, we talk about, there, there, you know, direct sales and, 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 you know, 
people are looking, for, you know, brands are looking for instant gratification. And I get it. I'm the same way um, from, from every angle. And I think, so part of it is success to some degree. What did the brands see? Are they excited? Some of them are excited. Oh my God, 200,000 people saw our brand. Hundreds or thousands of comments and likes and things like that. So there's the engagement aspect. You know, mm -hmm. that might be enough, honestly. And so they're wanting to work with us again. But when a brand sees an ROI right away um, and they like working with us because we make it easy for brands. Literally, um, you know, if, if you have a great website and you're doing some of the things that I would suggest you do on the marketing side and you provide us with some talking points and some links and an offer and things like that, um, we can make it work and get you a finished product. And 90, 95% of the time, you know, there's just no edits. There's no requests. It's the brands love it because they also understand that the influencer marketing is all about that organic and authentic feel. Right. So I think so. There's part of it. It's relationships. They give us the opportunity to explain what happened. Right. They like us already. Um, as you know, when I'm, when I say like us, myself, my brother, Tom, they like working with us. They like our mm -hmm. process. We make it easy. And then they see the results and they see great content online. Um, and that content also is building SEO value as well. I mean, these, when you have a, when you have Aaron put out a video, forget sales and traffic for a second views. When you, when you have uh, a, a YouTube video getting hundreds of thousands of views with inside of a, a few days to a week. That starts to register um, on, you know, Google and YouTube's algorithms as being really relevant, something maybe that they should recommend others watch. And so it helps to build that brand's library of valuable content. And so what ends up happening is with relationships and, there, and you were asking about going with the same brand. I think a lot of it also has to do with my mentality, my brother's mentality when things were first starting up is that we're very loyal to the brands. So for example, um, I, I don't like name dropping and, and, you know, you can go look at a hint, hint, you can go look at, you know, some of our influencers channels and look at say the razor brand that they're using or <laughs> okay. the boot brand that they're using. Um, you'll also not see multiple razor brands. You're not going to see, four or five or 10 boot companies. You're not going to see four or five, 10 t-shirt companies, right? Yeah. Um, and so the reality of it is, is that we're very loyal. The brands know it. We give them the opportunity based on what they've seen already and working with us to work with that influencer again. And so, you know, we're good at, um, you know, building on the relationships, building on the, um, on the urgency and the desire for, you know, that brand to, you know, kind of dominate some of the space. And, but this all goes back to, and I'm not, I'll, I'll move to you to guide this further is this moves back to even before working with the company. Um, we turned down, I mean, nine out of 10, maybe sometimes 10 out of 10 brands that reach out. Um, reason we do, is because we get reached out to by dozens of brands a day, literally. It's unbelievable. It's tough to keep track of because I care. I want to respond to everybody. And it's 
it's hard, um, especially when we're working with a similar brand or a couple similar brands in a category. We don't want to saturate that category if those brands are loyal and we're loyal to them. So mm. what happens is we have to politely decline. Some of the brands we decline, we would like to work with, and maybe we will work with later on when you know the brand we're working with in that category changes direction with their marketing, and that happens. But that being said, probably a quarter or more of the brands we work with, we've worked with for three and a half to five years now. Um, we worked with 90 brands last year alone. So yeah, when we uh, for those, by the way, sorry, for those that don't know <laughs> or don't understand, that is a massive number right there. It, it's, it, and it's even more massive when you think three guys are kind of managing those partnerships. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, overwhelming to think about um, if I had to stop and think about the amount of work or what we do every day, it would be, it, it would probably be overwhelming. Um, but I can tell you that we all love what we do. Um, and I, I love working with entrepreneurs and the brands we work with are, these are entrepreneurs. These are people that understand, you know, what sells, you know, uh, digital marketing. They understand influencer marketing. In the beginning, I had to explain what an influencer was to brands. I had to explain what influencer marketing was. I had to, had to explain to brands that were spending $100 million on advertising that you need to lower your level of wanting to uh, control creative um, right. because that takes away the organic, authentic feel. Whereas when you produce a television commercial, and I know about those because we used to produce those as well, is that um, you know, you're picking the talent you're writing the script, you're coming up with creative, you're doing the lighting and the editing and the filming. You have, you know, a dozen people involved in this where this is, you know, an influencer in front of a camera, possibly a small team doing some editing and, and helping. But overall, it's that organic, authentic feel that really helps to drive the message. And it's also the way that it's integrated within that content um, that appeals to their audience. Um, I might've just gone off. No, 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 that's perfect. No, that was good. Um, something, a word that you mentioned probably now five or six times, which I'm always very, it's my favorite word when I'm talking to anyone in this space, authentic slash, uh, authenticity. So, um, again, anyone is definitely go out, look at the influential roster. You'll know a lot of names. Your guys are just so damn good at integrating the brands it's so good whether it's you don't even realize you know almost sometimes the video is around that idea and you don't even realize they're just so good at it so i would love for you to kind of walk me through why they're so good at it and how you feel that it affects um how the brands get responses from people uh because of the authentic uh aspect of integrations that's a good good question, um, and it's and it's um, and it's interesting because you know when you're good at something like if um, I don't know uh, I, I don't know I'll use um, I could use basketball I could use tennis um, someone could say I want to be Roger Federer I want to be Michael Jordan right well you want to be them so you want to be exactly like them that may not be the right route. You know, um, you want to be like them, meaning you want to be the best in the world. That's another story. And I think so when people see uh, influencers or talent, 
Um, you can say this about actors also, you know, um, but when you look at someone who's growing quickly, like an Aaron, you know, Alpha M, um, and you and you look at, you know, he's all over. He's got a lot of charisma. He's got a lot of energy. He's in your face, right? Um, that is great for Aaron. That works for Aaron, right? There's that authenticity, kind of. He's he's like that. I mean, he's he's like that in real real life, um, and. <laughs> okay. um, you know, he he might have a little more edge to it because he's in front of the cat. You know, he doesn't have to be turned on like that all the time. But the reality of it is, is that that may work for Aaron and not for others. So then you got to find what works for these particular influencers. I think, though, that the general overview and why things work for all of the guys is, number one, um, they need to know as they've been growing their channel what their audience you know, is looking for what they like. And I know a lot of these guys, um, I know, especially with Aaron and Antonio, they get a lot of emails. Um, you should see some of the emails. I mean, people, um, you know, send emails to Aaron about how he's changed their life. He's like a father figure, things like that. Right. So, wow. you know, he gets, he also, he also gets things like, um, you know, because Aaron talks about everything, uh, you know, he'll talk about, shaving his balls. He'll talk about, um, he'll talk about, you know, shaving his nose hair. He'll talk about, you know, manscaping and, you know, swamp ass. Excuse my yeah, pretty much <laughs> No, no, it's great. And definitely authentic. He's, uh, he's a real person going, living a real life. He's, he's, he's trying to address everything and he's got a real comfort level with it. Um, it's not for everybody. It's just not. But when a brand looks at him and says, wow, he talks about everything, you know, that also opens up the the ability for us to work with so many different types of brands. Right. We work with some influencers that are a little bit more. I don't want to say boxed in. That's a bad, bad word. I don't uh, maybe have some limits on their on what they can talk about. Um, we work with some channels that are uh, car channels that are pretty big car channels. We work with some guys that only talk about fashion. We talk about, you know, so there's there's a. There's he's very diverse, but when it comes to what makes it work, right? So what makes it work for Aaron is a little different than what makes it work for someone else. I think the goal, though, like and back to the authenticity, the organic feel is mm -hmm. how can you and I think the question and, and without me really giving you a direct answer and, and guidance, because I think it does vary. I think maybe you want to ask your, yourself a question, which is um, what can I do? to create content, first of all, that my audience will like and be interested in. And then how do I incorporate the brand and the product to make sense within that content and do it in a way that's, you know, smooth, you know, that sounds like a conversation. Um, right. You know, as we're talking here, you might ask me a question, you know, what kind of cars do I like? And, you know, we, it might have been set up already that I'm going to tell you that I like Porsche and this and that. And guess what? The video may not be sponsored by Porsche, but we could talk about the buying process of buying a car and it could be sponsored by, and I don't want to even plug the name of a brand, but it could be sponsored by a car buying service, right? And yeah. at the end or in that video, you know, hey guys, you know, today's video is sponsored by so-and-so. So the reality is, is how do you incorporate and integrate 
and make it feel like it's part of the conversation, part of the content, while at the same time, never letting it leave your mind that, you know, they're paying you for this. And when someone pays you for something, nothing's for free, right? Um, they're looking, a brand naturally would be looking to get something out of it. Now, again, is it views? Is it views, traffic to their website, downloads of their app, um, sales conversions, things like that. So you also have to have that in the back of your mind. If it's views, you may not have to pitch it hard. You may not have to sell it hard. They just want to be there. It's like product placement, right? If, mm. if you're watching your podcast, you have a you know Coca-Cola can in the background or something like that. Maybe they paid to have that there, right? Um, you don't have to pitch it. You don't have to sell it. Well, some brands might say, look, we're looking for, we want to work with you guys over and over again. And that's our, always our goal. What do we need to do to continue this? Well, we need to see traffic and sales. Well, then Aaron knows he's got to pitch it hard, right? You know, these are the best t-shirts in the world. They're soft, they're this, they're that, they're fitted. Look at this, check this out, right? And that's the, the reality of it all is for us as an agency to know what the objectives are, what the goals are, what the brand is looking for, and does it fit within the parameters of what that influencer or those influencers are capable of doing? And back to the beginning is, does the influencer like the product? Do they think the product's good for their audience? Will it resonate with their audience? And if the answers are no, it doesn't matter how much money is involved. And that goes to your point about how do you guys get brands back? I think that there are, I think that, that it's a different question for other influencers is when you take a sponsorship, what does that mean to you? Um, and I think there are a lot of influencers that are, you know, they're paying the bills with it, right? And that's great. That's fine. But if that's it, hey, we just got a sponsor by ABC Jeans, you know, they're paying us $10,000. They just want us to, you know, do a video. If the attitude was a little different, like, hey, ABC Jeans, what are you looking for out of this? Well, we want to sell jeans. Then you got to go to work as an influencer and sell, um, you know. So, I mean, that's that's the reality, I think, is knowing what the goals and objectives are of the brand, um, knowing if the influencer likes that brand, the product and story, um, if there's that synergy there, then for that influencer to understand what the objectives and goals are of that brand will help them move that video in the right direction and accomplish what, what the brand is looking for. Hopefully that's the goal. Okay. That, I think that makes a lot of sense. And again, I think you guys just do that um, so well. And I'm glad we're talking about brands because I don't want to uh, talk about a specific brand, um, but something we definitely touched on before is you're, you're running this, you know, really big, uh, influential, uh, agency, um, how critical to your, to you guys is the brands, right? Do you think, are you guys kind of working in tandem? Is there, do you need them? Do you feel that you would be able to do without them? How, how does that, how do you feel about that? need them uh just just from need a, a specific uh, like from a revenue generating business uh from a standpoint like do you guys you know the brands are key to you guys but do you see kind of yourselves ever outgrowing uh the need for sponsored content or do you think that's just you know something that's amazing and you guys would want to stay with as long as possible 
At this point, no, it's a good question. Um, I, you know, there's always ways to be innovative and, and, and to make money with content, right? Um, there, there are companies reaching out all of the time interested in buying content, right? Because content, I've heard this a long time, a long time ago, and it's true. I mean, content is king, right? Um, That's true. You know, how, how many channels are there on cable and, and how many movies and series are there on all of these streaming networks? And why is it that you sit at home, especially now and, you know, in these few months, right? Everybody's watching more television, I'm sure, and streaming things. Why is it that everybody I seem to talk to is, what show should I watch next? You know, why, why don't people feel like, is it just not presented well enough? Uh, there's not enough trailers. They don't know what to watch next. Um, um, I, I've totally lost my train of thought. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. We're kind of talking about. You were asking me about. Do I need the brand? Brands. So yeah. I'm telling you that I think that. Sorry about that. I think that. Um, I think that you know what I was trying to say is there's a lot of ways to monetize content. But we like working with the brands because, you know, the thing about it is, is the guys that we work with are giving recommendations and they're giving advice and they're giving uh, suggestions to um, their audience on, you know, if you have a beard, here's the greatest beard trimmer to use. If you have hair, here's the greatest product to use in your hair. If you have, you know, you, everybody has skin, yeah. here's the greatest skincare. If you don't have hair, Here's a, here's a product that will help you grow it or there are services that will help you, you know, uh, uh, in that area. Um, you know, if you're a big guy, what kind of clothing should you be wearing? And so they're talking about all of these solutions for these guys on fashion, style, fitness, health, grooming, etc. right? All things men. And so having the brand sponsor it allows these guys to create content, to be paid, to make a living, while at the same time presenting a solution, right? So there's, you know, you you find a, pro it, it's kind of with any sales, right? There's a problem or there's uh, something that needs to be fixed, right? There's a product with, what are the benefits of that product and do they apply to, to you? And so they are selling. I mean, there's no doubt about it, it's a process. They're saying, Guys, you know, six ways to, um, you know, to dress better. One of those ways might be stop wearing baggy shirts. Well, what's the solution to not wearing a baggy shirt is to wear a shirt that fits. Okay, so where do I get a shirt that fits? You get a shirt that fits from this company who happens to be today's sponsor. And that, you know, so it's this whole thing. And then there's, oh, the I, love that. I love that flow, by the way, I love that flow that you just uh, went through. What's your problem? Baggy shirt. You're, sorry, you don't dress well, how to dress well, wear a normal shirt, here's a normal shirt. And, it, and it's great. And I think that what I want to highlight here and is just to bring this full circle is that they're not just throwing out any shirt brand. They're only going to promote a brand that they actually believe in which is so great to know as a viewer that it's not like you walk, you know, when you walk, I mean, again, I, I haven't worked in the television industry, but I don't think uh, ads, uh, sorry, commercials that are running on a specific TV program are vetted by that program. Right. And, and I know that it's just yeah. whoever's right. But you guys are essentially have this great vetting process of really caring 
about your viewers by only bringing them the best stuff. And also, again, no one's making them click that link below for 10% off. It's right. completely on their own, which is really, that's, really cool. It, I mean, that's right. So, you know, I've said this too. Um, we had a conference that we would run every year that was started actually by Aaron and Antonio. It was originally called StyleCon and then it was Menfluential. So I'm not one to really be on camera. I'm not one to be on stage necessarily. I don't mind talking to a million people for a long time. I, as you can tell, I talk a lot. Uh, I don't <laughs> mind it. Um, I don't mind giving advice to anybody. Um, and one thing that I would say on stage is, um, you know, that I think people don't understand what an influencer really is when you say influencer, what they do. Um, an influencer creates content to an audience, presented to an audience that trusts that particular content creator. And when you have trust, you trust their recommendations and suggestions, essentially that, inf that, that content creator has influence on you, right? So you can have a content creator who writes great content, meaningful content. Maybe they write okay content and you read it once. It may have had no influence on you at all. And that's just content. That's just, that's the difference of maybe even mediocre content to really good content. But then you put a face behind it, right? Like you put Aaron behind it, you put Antonio behind it, just to name a couple. And now there's a human being a face that you're watching and you're deciding on your own. Wow, I really like what this guy's talking about. He's really got life experiences. I think this guy really makes a lot of sense. So next thing you know, he suggests to you collar stays and you say, oh, okay, you know, they're $20, whatever, no big deal, no big investment. If I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. Here he is recommending it. Boom, you click on it, you buy it and you say, wow, this is great. I look, I look fantastic, right? So now yeah. he says, you know, six accessories every guy needs. He's talking about a pair of sunglasses. Guess what you're buying? Sunglasses. sunglasses. By the way, true story. <laughs> I I uh, I like to think of myself as a decently uh, fashionable individual, um, but a lot of the greatest uh, stuff that I've bought over the last twelve to eighteen months have definitely been from numerous different influencers. The jeans I'm wearing right now, uh, I bought because I heard them on uh, Joe Rogan. And the watch, I'm not gonna drop the, the, the brand, the watch brand that everyone knows, I used one of Aaron's discount codes, got a great watch. And fantastic. I could not be happier. That was a $110 watch that people from across the room say, damn, that's a good watch. And I got it because I saw a great video Aaron was promoting. I was like, okay, I, I need a new watch. So I think, I mean, here, it's just, and again, it's just anecdotal, but it works. And it's like, people are happy with the stuff they're getting. I, I completely agree. And that being said, I also am realistic that people are going to take their recommendations and not like it sometimes. Yeah. And maybe they lose credibility. But I think that's another important word too, is credibility. So I think that, an influencer is a great content creator that, you know, when I talk about, you know, someone like Aaron or any of our guys, I would say that um, their content is entertaining, it's informative, and it really does um, tackle some of the issues that guys are dealing with. Uh, and not some of them, it tackles all the issues 
but um, you may only be dealing with some of them. And when a recommendation for a, you know, uh, a resolution to your, or is that the right word, that resolves your uh, issues, here's a guy you like. You may have used his recommendations and suggestions. You may have bought a product that he suggested before. You're happy with it. Now there's another issue you're dealing with. You're watching it. And it could have to do, especially with some of these guys, it could have to do with sex. It could have to do with sleeping. It could have to do with working out. And you say, wow, you know what? I really like what he's talking about. He sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Um, if you know these guys, you know some of their background. So when somebody like Aaron suggests something that has to do with nutrition or fitness, and you know that for you know more than probably 15 years, he was involved in personal training and owned a gym and a nutrition store, the guy is an expert in that space. And so yeah. not only is he a personality on camera, and this is to be said about some of the other guys as well, um, you know, you have, you have someone who has that credibility in that space. I actually, uh, just to give you an example, um, you know, how we were talking about TV and mm -hmm. yeah, they're not vetted. I mean, if you have money to be on ESPN, they're running they're on your ESPN. ad. Right? Yeah. They'll run a, a BMW ad and a Mercedes ad right next to each other, right? Um, yeah. Because there's money. There. Well, look at the Super Bowl. I mean, you have half the commercials are car commercials. I mean, that's who has the 3 million for 30 seconds, yeah. you know, um, or whatever it is now. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, credibility has a lot to do with it. Um, we, we do vet out the brands. We don't work with anybody just because of money. And um, I think that, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, you, it, it's a burden too, a little bit. It's something that is always a weight on some, on the good influencers. It's a weight on their shoulders because, um, you know, money is, you know, cash is also king. And, uh, you know, when someone's giving you money to do things, you're thinking, wow, that's a lot of money. I can create great content around that. But you also have to be very careful because you can potentially I don't, if, you, if you've been around a long time, like a lot of our guys, you're probably not losing credibility because you're promoting one crappy brand potentially because, yeah. you know, they don't know it's about money maybe. But the point is, is that you do have to be careful. So when you build credibility and you have the respect of your audience, you can't take it lightly as an influencer. And back to your point about, you know, working with the same brands and do we need them? I love the, I, I love the brands I work. I mean, I love the guys and the girls that I talk to. Um, some of them I've known for a very long time. Um, like I told you, you know, 25% or so I've worked with for three, three and a half to five years, probably another 25% of them I've worked with for over a couple of years. I've worked mm -hmm. with my, between my brother, myself and Tom, we've worked with these brands and the influencers, of course, we've worked with these brands for a long time. And by the way, here's the other part about it that makes it authentic, because I know that you like that word authentic. When you work with a brand, often you know that brand well, and you can talk right. about them like the back of your hand. And the reality of it is, is that when you work with a new, let's say a new shoe company every month, things are different about this shoe company than that shoe company. And if you're not pointing that out, then you're not doing your audience any uh, justice or you're not doing them a service anyway, because what's the difference? You know, why, you know, and when a, when an audience sees you working with this company and then this company and then this company and then this company in the same category, 
how much credit back to that credibility word, how much credibility could you possibly have, right? You're going right. to lose credibility there. Forget the, forget offering up a crappy brand. You're offering up too many brands in the same category. The audience starts to think potentially, why are they talking about different, constantly different, different brands? Um, I will say this. I think there's a compromise here, right? So I uh, do work with some blogs as well. As a matter of fact, Real Men Real Style does have a blog as well as YouTube. Some sometimes they, they go hand in hand, also with social media channels, um, Instagram and you know Facebook and things like that. Um, but we do work with some blogs, and so writing articles sometimes is a little different. It also depends on how much content you're putting out. You might suggest in an article, you know, ten great boot brands and you know, you've got multiple boot brands and you're talking about multiple boot brands constantly, but you'll see, you'll identify a similar boot in not maybe every piece, but in enough where the credibility stays intact. So I think there's a, there could be a compromise there. Mm -hmm. um, like watches, for example, um, you know, I think it would be easy for someone to figure out what watch that is that you're talking about with Aaron, because, um, you know, we kind of, and, and we, you know, at Menfluential, we do have a lot of input when it comes to this is that speaking of watch brands, I can't tell you how many watch brands there are. I mean, it is. Oh my God. There's so many. Also, can I say when I bought that one watch, I meant my pop-up, not pop-ups, you know, the ones that just come up on your Facebook and whatever, because mm -hmm. Google is obviously spying us. So I've every day, there's like a new hip millennial watch brand that I've never heard of. It's crazy. There are hundreds. It's there. There's so many of them. And so, you know, along the way we had to decide on a couple things. We've worked with a dozen, you know, watch brands, but we could have worked with, you know, hundreds, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe more. Um, and the reality of it is, is that it's us being loyal to the brand. But also it's, it's, it's reciprocal. The brand is also loyal to us too. And so there's a lot of variables there. But at the end of the day, um, Aaron has only probably in the five years that I've worked with him, he may have presented five different watch brands or so. And only more than two watch brands in the first year or so when we were trying to figure out, you know, what watch brand to work with and who wants to work with him and others and we narrowed it down and we've narrowed it down even more than that um and again um a lot of it um i don't want to necessarily well i mean in some cases it is exclusivity a little bit um right. but you know for example we have worked with a couple brands that um you know that make shoes and boots and the reason is is because there is a pretty sizable difference in characteristics of those boots, right? One's a little dressier than the other. And so there's that, right? A couple yeah. different shirt companies, right? Where, you know, one shirt company um, maybe specializes in button downs, but they also offer t-shirts and polos. And then we might work with a, a brand that's really only t-shirts and might be polos and sweats, right? So the reality is, is that not every category has to be limited to one or only two brands. There just has to be um, some diversity in, you know, what those brands are offering or their stories or, you know, what they're about. Um, it could also be price points too. So, yeah, I mean, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Um, and just kind of one last, uh, point, uh, before we go today, um, one, you know, another big, um, 
word that I want to drop that I definitely see across all of your um, channels is consistency. You guys, there's a lot of consistency. You guys are putting out great stuff. It's high end. Um, it's not douchey content, right? It's, it's very, in another word I'll drop is relatable. You guys have consistent, relatable it's a good content. Word. It's consistent, relatable content. And I think on my end, that's why I think that's a huge draw why any guy can watch your stuff and say, wow, okay, like, you know, I might know how to dress, but this is great tips, or I might have no idea how to dress, still awesome tips. I can be buff or I can be extremely out of shape, but I can, both of them, both those people react. Um, just give me a quick kind of, how do you guys find talent? Are you expanding? Like, what does that process look like? Thank you for the question. Um, it's actually very timely, um, which is crazy considering the times we're in uh, <laughs> right now, especially. Um, so along the way, and this kind of leads back to a lot of things. I think this pulls things together maybe a little bit. Um, as much as I love the brands uh, that we work with, um, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, I'm just uh, trying to lead into the right direction here. The brands that we work with really love working with us for various reasons. Um, it's not just about success and failure of, you know, a campaign or what have you, because there are ups and downs. Yeah. Um, but along the way, uh, as you can imagine, uh, brands that we started with being menfluential, specifically on men's products, have developed women's lines. Or they always had them, and we just never discussed it. Um, but for years, and I, and I mean years, uh, I would say within... The, it probably started happening maybe three years ago, um, and it's been several times uh, in my ear, in my brother's ear, Tom's ear, about when are you guys going to start representing female talent? Because um, you know we like working with you, and I, my answer in the beginning was, "We're men fluential. You know? <laughs> uh, we're men fluential. We, you know, that's our niche. That's where we, that's where we, you know, where we are. That's what we specialize in. And we like to specialize in that. Um, and, you know, it was always on my mind because I want to offer services and they're similar. I mean, it's, it's influencer marketing. It's not like we're all of a sudden getting into, you know, Google AdWords or we're, right. you know, we're, we're doing banner ads all of a sudden we're, we're making television ads. Um, it's similar in a way, different gender. Uh, women are a little different than men. The integrations are different. Things that are, are different. So I would have to find the right person. I, I wasn't comfortable necessarily handling it 100%. Um, that being said, along the way, we have, since that uh, roster in the beginning of 10, you know, we've added another, you know, along the way, we've probably added more than 20 more uh, influencers. We've narrowed it down a little bit. We've kind of curated the list. Typically, um, you know, we would present what we feel are our top, and it depends on the brand, top 20, 25 male influencers. But we also have probably a list of another 20, 30 go-tos that we can go to that we like, that we know have been successful for other brands. That being said, we're trying to now do that on the women's side. And so, Along the way, um, I've worked with some pretty great companies, great influencer managers, uh, things like that. And um, I almost dove in the business on the female side of things a few years ago with someone and just wasn't feeling it right. And they wanted their own business. Um, and recently, um, back in January, um, I teamed up with someone that I 
had worked with for four and a half years. She ran an influencer marketing campaign for another company for a long time, uh, developed it into what it is. And basically, I, I just liked working with her. I knew she was a workhorse and uh, that she understands influencer marketing from so many various angles and I could trust her. And so therefore, what we did was we brought her on. Um, I put her with some of the brands that we've been working with for years that trust us, trust our, you know, and, and it's a, I mean, talk about a little pressure, added pressure. It's like, I can't F this up, you know, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta do the right job. And, and I, you know, look, marketing, you know, you could think you have a sure thing, you know, yeah. and it just doesn't pan out. I mean, there's various reasons for it. Uh, but that's what we're building on right now is the female side of things. And we've been testing it out, running campaigns with current brand partners, and we're seeing a lot of success. So I think that's the next venture. But also while that's going on, we are going to continue to build and curate our list of male talent. But also to address your point, uh, male talent is tough to come by. And, I'm, and I say talent. It's very tough to come by. Um Although there are very talented gamer YouTubers, uh, guys in tech, things like that, that we haven't really focused on. Uh, we may a little bit, um, but a lot of the brands that we have relationships with, we just don't know if there's quite the synergy and the ability right. for integration there when someone's playing a game. I don't know that you can just dive into uh, their awesome trimmed beard. And <laughs> you know, I don't know yet if that's going to be as effective. And so it's okay if it's not as effective, but then what is the proper rate, the sponsorship rate? Because we also care about that too. That's one thing that comes into play. You know, we could charge more for our influencers for sponsorships, but we figure it out kind of a method and a pricing strategy that you know, not only works for us and the influencers, but works for the brand in order for them to see returns and they want to come back over and over again. And so that also back to your word on consistent, the consistent content, consistent sponsors, consistency, that also has to do with the two. There's so many variables. It's relationships. It's how effective is the content. Um, it's, is there the synergy there? Is the audience buying in? Um, does it financially make sense for the brand to continue to come back? And so I think, you know, believe me, knock on wood. I mean, I, we've, we definitely have found, um, the right kind of path, I think, because we've been successful and we continue to bring on new brands and work with the same. Um, but, uh, again, I don't take things for granted and, um, I love what I do. And I just want to get better at it. And I'll take anybody's advice also, too. I mean, I, I'm not stubborn like that. Um, and so uh, I think that all of those things that I probably put out there are why we're where we are today. And, um, you know, we're always looking for new brands. There are definitely categories of uh, companies that we haven't worked with yet that I absolutely think um, are relevant to the influencers' channels and would resonate incredibly well with the audience. So I think um, as we, you know, you can't work with a brand forever. Everybody changes ways and directions and things like that. We've worked with brands for a long time. It's in my mind and also in agencies, minds and brands, it's impressive for somebody to work with someone for four or five years, three years, yeah. even a couple years over and over consistently. Um, that could change on a dime. 
and we just want to be prepared for it. And so um, it's nice that our guys are creating content that is across multiple spectrums and categories that we can, um, you know, bring on brands um, that we haven't worked with yet that I think will uh, work successfully well for uh, that brand and for the influencers channel, because you need to continue to entertain and inform and make great suggestions and recommendations to your audience as an influencer. And I think um, we've been able to manage that and, and balance that quite well up to this point. So, um, and I see a bright future, um, even through the <laughs> tough times right now, we're, we're, yeah. we're killing it. And, um, and, and, and we're working with some new brands we haven't worked with before. We're really excited about what's to come. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much. Um, this has been super just eye opening and just really helpful. And I enjoyed, um, and again, thank you so much. Um, and I wish you all, you know, all the continued success in the world. And I know you guys don't need the luck cause you guys are just growing. <laughs> I'll take the luck. I'll take the luck. <laughs> thank you so much. I mean, this was an honor. I'm glad, very happy to be on. And uh, it's great to share a story that, you know, I'm so proud of, and I know that so many people are proud of, um, and, um, you know, across the board, man. Um, so, um, I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stop recording now. Cool. Uh, just a second. That was awesome, by the way. That this is the Thought Leaders Podcast. All right, everybody, that is another episode of the books. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us your comments and reviews, and new episodes will be coming out every Monday. So until then, have an awesome week. This is the Thought Leaders Podcast.